This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. You're listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is Season 5, Episode 44. And the New York Rangers are able to get a measure of revenge on the Columbus Blue Jackets for snapping their 10-game winning streak by winning a pretty eventful game at the Garden on the second half of a home-and-home. Plus, we got trades around the league, uh, rumors of trade talks, and so much more to get to on today's podcast. Hey, everybody. Andy here. Uh, Sorry, I am by myself today. I know we were missing James' last podcast, and uh, all I can say is in true general manager fashion that uh, James and his entire household is day-to-day with illness right now, so he's uh, basically taking care of himself and his uh, his kids and his wife, and uh, yeah, they're taking care of him because I know he's been feeling a little under the weather, but we're, we're excited to get him back when he uh, yeah when he is not day to day anymore when he is cleared for for podcasting as they say so i guess let's just get right into it uh yeah eventful game at the garden the other night against the blue jackets the new york rangers coming off of their or into their uh away game in columbus a few nights ago trying to after having already tied uh their previously held win streak for most consecutive games one but also with some concerns about how their play had been slipping up to that point. Well, they looked pretty lethargic in that game. They end up losing, but then they have a few days of rest. They're able to kind of recalibrate and pick apart what they did wrong in in, uh, that losing effort and just some of the warts that had crept into their game uh, during the win streak. I know it's crazy to say that, but... Um, just, you know, attention to detail things. And overall, I thought they played uh, much better. I think Columbus is a horrible matchup for the Rangers because they're, despite their standing as a pretty porous defensive team, uh, they, hadn't get, they haven't really been getting good goaltending this season. And they are very good at activating off the rush and basically creating offense off the rush, which is literally the Rangers Achilles heel and something they still need to improve at because... It just seemed like it was just two entries were too easy for Columbus yet again. Uh, but I thought the Rangers at least did a much better job defending or at least, you know, maintaining the house. The Rangers play a pretty passive in zone system. They're not really trying to go out of their way to aggressively uh, kill cycles in their own end. They're more content to just protect the, you know, create a box and protect the house, as they say. And, you know, let Igor make the stops he needs to make. Igor, who is obviously back to form, um, just looks like a new man, has looked like a new man in February. And he was named the NHL's third star of the week last week and very well-deserved. He went undefeated in February. And the Rangers only give up one goal in this game. And it was honestly, it was Igor's fault. But it's hard to fault him. He goes out to play the puck and... Unfortunately, he gets picked off and he doesn't have time to get back in his net, creates a whole fracas in front of him, and then 
basically a gimme goal for the Blue Jackets off of a mistake. And he even joked about it in the post game uh, when just asked about by the beat reporters what he likes about his game right now. And he said, or, or what was his take on the game? And he said, you know, in net good, uh, behind net not so good, which is very, very funny and self-deprecating. De- but also with a humor that Igor honestly did not have earlier in the season when he was struggling. It just seemed like he was kind of miserable, honestly, and just knew his wasn't happy with his game. But it's just nice to see him joking and make even, you know, joking about giving up a goal that just shows how comfortable he is right now and how he's really returned to form and how he can make jokes like that because it's okay because he's uh he's happy with his game and he's comfortable with where he's at and the results honestly speak for themselves and the Rangers continue to roll. They, again, they, despite, uh, it would be easy for them after winning 10 games in a row to drop multiple games in a row, but they've only done that. What once this season, I believe. So, I mean, as not much you can really ask for, I think a lot is there's a lot to be said about this team in that it's weird. They, it's still hard to get a read on them because I think, Everyone knows they're still, despite uh, leading the Metropolitan Division with numerous win streaks this season, even despite having a pretty rough January and and late December, pre-All-Star break, that the Rangers still being in first place in the Metro are far from the finished product. And there's still a lot of people that doubt if whether or not they have what it takes to go far in the postseason or if they have the makeup team. I mean, we know Chris Drury is every, basically every, beat reporter and hockey insider and and media member and pundit who has any insider information has intimated that Chris Drury will be quite busy among the busiest uh, I believe I believe was said by either Emily Kaplan or uh, Frank Severali or someone like that and that he's actively looking for a center and a wing I wouldn't be surprised if he's also looking for depth to seventh defenseman because as much as we love Zach Jones I think that the Rangers would probably look for in case of an injury, someone who's just more of a big hulking, clear the front of their net, you know, stand in uh, seventh defensive defenseman, that that type, you know, that archetype. But with that being said, uh, every basically every fan of every team in the league are just waiting for the dominoes to start falling. And uh, we believe they have as last uh, night of recording this, there was a, a big trade, uh, Chris Tanev being traded from the Calgary Flames to just another in the piece of their fire sale there to the Dallas Stars for, uh, I think, a pretty big return. Um, uh, Calgary gets a 2024 second round pick. Uh, prospect Artem, Gr- Gr- excuse me, Artem Grushnikov and a conditional uh, 2026 third round pick in exchange and retain 50% of Chris Tanev's salary uh, in trade of taking Tanev to Dallas, but by way of New Jersey, who retains an additional 25% of that 50% that was retained by Calgary. So they, and they, uh, the devils receive a fourth round pick, which is a a bit of interesting. Uh, I have a thought on that as, as does a friend of the show, the Gibby, essentially getting a 2026 fourth round pick to retain uh, 25% of that salary. And yeah, the Dallas stars get Chris Tanev at 75% uh, retained and Cole Brady, who I presume is a prospect for uh, the Calgary flames. 
uh, a lot to digest on this one because at first you're like, well, you know, uh, they didn't get the Flames didn't get a first back, but apparently uh, it has come out today that, or at least speculated as such that in order to get a first for Chris Tanev, that a lesser roster player uh, from Calgary would also have to be included, and I just don't think um, Kevin Conroy, the GM of, of the uh, Flames, was comfortable with that. Uh, he does get Artem uh, Grishnikov from Dallas, who is also basically speculated that Jim Nill, the GM of the Dallas Stars, really liked, or at least was faking that he really liked. Uh, and then only once he was included in the trade, along with that uh, second-round pick and the other uh, the other uh, elements of that trade that he was comfortable pulling the trigger. So, I mean, the long and the short of it is Dallas gets another very good, solid defenseman with uh, character, honestly. You know, um, Tanev is, at least the underlying numbers say Tanev is a very good second pairing defenseman, third, you know, th- number three D-man who is good defensively, makes good first passes, and and honestly, he's just he's a character. I mean, we all know about the tan of stare at this point, and um, I mean, I think I mentioned to James earlier this, uh, <laughs> or at least a couple podcasts ago, but Dallas is one of those few teams where I could easily see them coming out of the West. I mean, now their D on paper is stacked. I mean, I think, I'm not sure if Nils Lundqvist is back after getting injured for them, but... Uh, I mean, with Tanev, honestly, their D should be pretty nasty. I mean, obviously, Haskinen is incredible. Um, you know, Thomas Harley is becoming such a good young defender for them. Essa Lindell is solid. Hockenpah is pretty solid. Ryan Suter, although he wasn't what he once was, playing on the third pairing. You know, he still has some vi- some wily veteran uh, instinct to him, and... Yeah, and obviously Nils, depending who knows who is the odd man out when you know because you want to you want to develop uh, Nils as if you're the stars, but just yeah, Tanev just makes them such a much more stout team, and which is already and they're already a stout defensive team. So man, Dallas is absolutely stacked, and honestly, what can be you say about you know their Logan Stankoven, who you know who was leading the AHL in points. You know, five five foot eight gets called up, and he's got, I believe, what uh, two or two goals, and he's got like four points in his first three games or something like that. He's just he's tearing it up. He's a little water bug type player, and he's tenacious as all hell, and really uh, quick on his feet, and just uh, yeah, just a great story. And honestly, that team is stacked, top to bottom. So uh, Dallas has a chance to win it all this year. And honestly, you look at the way they developed their prospects and the way they capitalize on their picks is great they have so their their roster is made up of so many late round finds and just basically how their second wave of promising young players and you know not a lot of them were top five picks in, in the nhl draft so just a example of how to scout and how to develop and the stars do it right and now they look like they're one of the content you know they're they're up there with the the best in the west that's for sure but to get back to the rangers pretty interesting so now that domino falls so you have to imagine the flames will now look to move on from noah hannafin and the rangers although it's i think it's been more fan casting than anything you know there's 
been some speculation. Well, could the Rangers make a play for Hannafin? Do they want to? Are they happy with their D? Would they change out a part? I have a hard time seeing the Rangers doing that. I don't think they're going to basically take Schneider out of the lineup with how he's been playing. I don't think they're going to trade Schneider or Keandre Miller or Fox, obviously, or true because he's their captain. Um, Lindgren's too much of a heart and soul guy to trade in season. You kind of, if you have to do that, you have to do in the off season. And yeah, I mean, just Gustafson making what he makes, you know, he's got his, clearly he's a, he's a feast or famine type defenseman, but you know what, at his cap hit, he's just too valuable there. Cause you need that space to now for, for future acquisitions. And, you know, unfortunately Hannafin would probably cost too much, you know, unless you got retention, but you're paying for that. I don't know what Chris Drury's appetite for that is. And like I said, I don't know if there's a, a fit unless he was willing to subtract from his roster in season, which I just don't think in general he wants to do. Um, but, you know, very interesting is that Pat Verbeek, GM of the Anaheim Ducks, was at the Rangers-Columbus game the other night. He was walking around the press box, apparently, taking in the game. Meanwhile, his team, I believe, was still on the West Coast because they were playing... The day after, uh, they're playing the uh, San Jose Sharks. So why is the the GM in New York on the East Coast? Clearly, he's going to do some scouting of some teams, um, and his team's not going to make the playoffs. The Columbus Blue Jackets most likely won't make the playoffs. So although it is possible he could be scouting Columbus, a player on Columbus, uh, I, I think Common Wisdom says, He's maybe scouting a player on the Rangers. But I also just mentioned, well, why would he be scouting a player who's currently playing for the Rangers if Chris Drury doesn't want to subtract from his current lineup? And that's where now you're getting into speculation and rumor and innuendo and all this. But yeah, I mean, it's possible that a player like Adam Edstrom, a player like Jimmy VC potentially a player like hell a player like Johnny Rodzinski or uh, even a player like Pat Rempe could be included in a trade with the Anaheim Ducks if that's the direction Chris Drury wants to go in I mean you have, you have two former they're looking for a center and a winger Adam Henrique's name has been thrown out with the Rangers a lot obviously the Rangers have familiarity with Frank Vitrano It'd be very interesting if there was a reunion with Ryan Strom to happen. I don't think so. But, you know, I mean, kill two birds with one stone, be able to get, uh, you know, make a set up a package to get Henrik and Vetrano back. I, yeah, I think it would, it, I would be happy with Henrik, Vetrano, a little less so, just because I think as good as his goal scoring abilities are, I, again, I think I've been on the record saying, I think he's still a little bit much of an empty calorie goal scorer. Although the speed is nice that hopefully, you know, he can use to forecheck in the right situation. But, um, honest, obviously where there's smoke, there's fire. And if you see the GM of, of the Anaheim ducks walking around your building, when his team is still on the West coast, alarm bells are going to go off. But I mean, then you have to start speculating. Well, if that's one direction the Rangers could go, which other direction could they go? I mean, you're seeing some, finally starting to see some separation with the teams that maybe were on the bubble or finally giving up. I mean, at this point, looking at the standings, you have to ask yourself, at least for for teams that 
we know now that most likely the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins are probably not going to make the playoffs. The trade deadline's a week away, and they're just simply a little too far out of it. I mean, the Devils are still hanging out for dear life on the cusp. Although, you know, I say that, but the Capitals, are the Capitals playing tonight? Sorry, this is great podcasting, I know. Uh, they're not, but so although the Devils are right on the outside of the wild card spot with 59 points, uh, with or excuse me, 64 points, with 63 points right behind them is Washington, but with one less game played. So technically, they win their next game, they'd be uh, closer. But again, the last wild card spot in the East belongs to the Tampa Bay Lightning with 69 points in 61 games. So yeah, you know, honestly, it's two points that so would only have the one point out. So you know, I think Washington. And, and, you know, and I'm, I'm now I'm leaving looking, I'm this again, great podcasting. Uh, I'm looking at Pittsburgh and they do have a lot, you know, they have some games in hand on both those teams. They have uh, two games in hand on the Capitals and they have two games in hand or three games in hand on the Devils. So, but just, they've been so inconsistent. It's really hard to see. So uh, unfortunately for them, time is not on their side and the trade deadline is a week away. So you have to you have to decide what direction you're going in and you have a very chance to do something stupid and make a move and basically subtract from your futures for a team that's just struggling to get into the playoffs, which is uh, not smart. But at the same time, if you're a GM and your job is on the line, well, sometimes you might feel like you might have a choice because if no matter what, if what you do, if you punt, you get fired. So you have to make a move and hope it works out. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK, 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for a gambling problem by calling 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Speaking of uh, trade and trade rumors, there was a rumor going around uh, in the last that popped up in the last few weeks that Elias Pettersson was maybe noncommittal about re-signing with the Vancouver Canucks and that they may have to look to move him, which is pretty crazy considering they're one of the best teams in the league, I think potentially the best team in the league, at least in terms of points as it goes in today's recording. Although, oh, well, yeah, they're, honestly, the Rangers and the Canucks are tied with the Rangers having a game in hand um, in for first in the entire league. Although I believe, uh, I'm sure the Florida Panthers, I don't even have to look at the score of the uh, the Panthers game to know that they wait are they playing or that was last night that was last night um or no they're playing yeah they probably I assume they've just pumped Montreal so uh but that that being said yeah Frank Severali reporting there was significant uh 
traction on an eight-year extension for Elias Pettersson. But then after the fact, a rumor came out basically that because he was non-committal about re-signing with them, that it had come out that the Hurricanes and the Canucks were discussing a trade involving Pettersson. And obviously players like Kalkaniemi and Martin Nietzsche were basically talked about. You have to imagine some first-round picks. And then basically that uh, Jim Rutherford in Vancouver had to go back to Elias Pettersson and say, hey, look, listen, buddy, like we are because you're not committal. I have to protect my team. So I'm talking to Don Waddell in uh, <laughs> Carolina about a trade and we're getting some we're getting some things hashed out here. So if we're going to do something, I'm, we're going to we're going to balls in your court. Do you want to where do you want to do you want to be here or not? And. I guess it must have spooked the player because he's like, well, I, even though I'm not sure if I want to be here, I definitely don't want to not have control over my next destination uh, and don't want, I guess he just doesn't want to be in Raleigh, so North Carolina. So he, uh, yeah, apparently now there's some uh, traction being made on an extension for Elias Pettersson, which I'm obviously happy about because the last thing I need is uh, another team in the Metro having Elias Pettersson, one of the best centers in the league. Uh, a player that the Rangers really coveted, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I guess it, it's not to be. Yeah, there It was a pipe dream to think that the Rangers basically trading for Elias Pettersson in the summer or something. But, well, I guess who knows? Anything can happen in this league, right? But, uh, yeah, so that, that was obviously an interesting bit of news. And there's just now, as we get closer to the trade deadline, just rumors and swirling. I mean... Seeing reports, I'm reading literally right now that um, uh, the Ducks are holding uh, Ilya, Ilya Labushkin out of their lineup for tonight because they've apparently talked to the Maple Leafs about uh, a trade involving him. Uh, there's also, I'm now also seeing their fly up be very fast. Uh, also seeing a report. Oh, look at that. That was... Uh, half an hour old, and now I'm seeing that the Leafs have required Labushkin with 75% tr uh, retained to the Ducks for a third-round pick. Oh, and the Hurricanes get a sixth-round pick, I guess, for retaining on him. So look at that. You have uh, teams like the Devils and the Ducks, or excuse me, the Devils and the Hurricanes retaining salary in terms uh, just to, to get free picks out of it, which is good at, good cap and asset management, honestly if they think they can afford it and that doesn't really hurt their bottom line too much to make moves going into the postseason. And, and, you know, unfortunately a lot, you know, some teams or at least teams like Carolina hurricanes who have to make all their dollars and cents count for something. Uh, yeah. They weaponize and exploit their cap in it, whichever way helps them the best or another team might not even say, ah, you know what? We just, we might need that for a rainy day or something or, you know, even though it's only 825K, which would not really make a difference to us, it's like, hey, it's a free pick, and a free pick is a free uh, swing on the next potential superstar. So smart for them. But yeah, just like I said, lots of uh, lots of uh, rumor and innuendo out there. Uh, heat's picking up. I mean, seeing that Mark Stone will probably be out or definitely be out for the rest of the regular season, and he's questionable for the playoffs. Uh, I heard he, that he has a lacerated spleen, which sounds painful and terrible. 
uh, or kidney, I forget what it was, but obviously when everyone hears that, they're going to think the same thing that I'm probably thinking right now is that, yeah, they're, he's going to be out. Uh, the, the, then Vegas will be able to use his uh, basically vacant cap hit to uh, basically go after a big-time player, and then Stone will somehow miraculously play in the playoffs, even if while still hurt technically. So, you know, but, uh, man, Stone's got a lot of road miles on him, and that sounds painful and nasty. So hopefully, if it's the case, you know, you're they're being cautious with him because obviously, you know, Herder, everyone circumvents the cap is you know a funny meme but when you're talking about someone's uh yeah someone's goddamn spleen getting lacerated or rupturing you don't you don't want to mess around with that because that could be bad if that goes the wrong way you know but to bring this back to the rangers this is a rangers podcast anyway uh obviously we mentioned the ducks and henrique and vetrano of two players that could be of interest what other players maybe are interested of the Rangers? Well, there hasn't been too much talk on any players specifically, only rumor speculation. We know Chris Drury runs a really tight ship, but like I'd said earlier, the teams that are definitely out of the playoff picture at this point in time, you have to wonder about the Seattle Kraken. I mean, I, I think it's safe to say they are out of the running at this point. Uh, 61 points with 58 games. You know, they're behind teams like the St. Louis Blues who will be selling uh, the Minnesota Wild, the flame, they're behind the Flames who are having a fire sale. And the Flames are honestly not technically out of it. They could still make the playoffs, which would be pretty crazy, but unlikely still. Um, so yeah, does that mean players like Jordan Everly, uh, Alexander Wenberg, hell, maybe potentially even Yanni Gord could be available, depending on the price, you know what I mean? But I think we know that Chris Drury does not want to give up any of his uh, top two prospects, being Gabe Perot, and Brandon Othman, um, we also know that it's been basically, and you don't know if this is a smokescreen or not, or if he's really is willing, but it's at least being said that in order to part with his first round pick, it would have to be a player that really makes sense for the Rangers, which I read as not a, um, a rental. I mean, obviously there's been speculation about a reunion with Vladimir Tarasenko, who will get traded from the Senators. Apparently, he never wanted to leave the Rangers, much like Patrick Kane, who is uh, scored again tonight, who looks like a new man after with his new hip. Good for him. Uh, Detroit is going to make the playoffs. They'll keep playing this way. But um, as far as Tarasenko goes, I mean, because the Rangers acquired him last year, apparently that uh, there's been a lot of question about whether or not can Basically, can the Rangers get another because they had retention on him last year? Can you do that two years in a row? Apparently, you cannot. So if the Rangers want to take on Tarasenko, they have to take him at his full cap hit, which I don't think they want to do, which I would think would make a reunion with uh, Vlad probably unlikely. So uh, again, James and I have spoken about this before. Chris Drury's best work seems to be when he basically, honestly, his fill-ins if you want to call it that. I mean, last season he goes after Tarasenko and Kane and Nico Mikola and the Rangers lose in the first round. But the year before, he just basically makes a bunch of little ads. He gets Tyler Mott. He gets Vetrano for pennies on the dollar. You know, he gets um, Justin Braun. He gets Andrew Kopp for what, like a a second, you know, <laughs> or whatever it was. Or was it a first? I forget. But, you know, he basically doesn't go after the big fish. And he's kind of rewarded for just smartly organizing you know, or just assessing his team's need, which has been his strength. We've said before 
you know, he's he is good at in hindsight. It's just obviously foresight, I think, is a something he lacks uh, in I mean, exhibit a, the Pavel Buchnevich trade, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. But yeah, I think his strength is assessing like watching how the Rangers play and just assessing what they need and what ails them and how he can kind of fix it. And uh, yeah, he might basically harken back to two seasons ago when they went to the Eastern Conference final in terms of trying to just make smarter, smaller moves to just basically build out their depth and just help insulate that team better for the playoff push. And I think that at least if you can target the right players that could maybe hell even potentially blossom or in a better with a better team around them or with a change of scenery, that would probably be the direction he'd like to go. And I guess finally elephant in the room, it's we know he's going to get traded. So is a Pavel Buchnevich reunion in the cards for the New York Rangers? I don't think anyone really knows for sure. My honest thought is no. I just think it would... I mean, it just looks bad, A, for Chris Drury after um, <laughs> basically getting... I guess I'll get it. You know, let's just say what it is. Getting fleeced on trading him to... St. Louis the first time it would look worse for them to pay the Kings ransom they want for the player, even though he is a perfect fit for the Rangers at this point in time. Um, But I also think it's just the cap hit. I mean, re- even with retention, it's not horrible, but the Rangers apparently Chris, it's said he's going to be very busy. He wants to upgrade a lot of areas. And I think he's going to, again, it's going to be uh quantity over quality. But he's, you know, you're hoping for a little bit of found money in some spots that'll, and they're hoping that a, a bunch of a smaller ads do more to boost the overall headroom and ceiling of this team more than just one player. So, you know, we saw the Rangers move Capo Caco up back to play with Panarin, uh, excuse me, with his manager and Kreider, hopefully to stabilize, you know, that their first line because I guess they're, I think they're really trying to avoid paying a premium for a scoring right winger to play with them because those players cost a lot. And if you can do that in-house, that's great and just kind of upgrade your margins. Um, But I think, again, everyone knows the Rangers need to get better, at least systematically. They need more good soldiers who can help uh, implement Peter Laviolette's vision and move pucks quickly and defend and play sound and back check and play sound defense and be strong cogs in the wheel. I think they don't need another Vetrano who's like an empty, like I said, empty calorie scorer who's either, you know, putting the puck in the net or to, or else not giving you much else. You know what I mean? So, but that being said, wouldn't be surprised if Vetrano and Henrik are Rangers uh, come the end of this week because we could see a move any day now. You could be listening to this podcast tomorrow morning and saying, Andy, you idiot. Uh, the Rangers already made a trade. They made it literally seconds after you stopped recording this podcast or while you were sleeping because that's what uh, the Chris Drury and the GMs around the league do because, you know, like I said, the dominoes have already started falling and uh, they're only going to pick up between now and the trade deadline. So uh, all we can hope is that Chris Drury has a plan and has identified what this ails this team and what they need and that he is 
not going to get raked over the coals and he's willing to be as patient as he needs to be but not too patient and that he's left with the uh, little options and gets that you know so but again i have faith he's at, he's had no problems getting moves done in the past so you just have to hope that he makes the right ones thank you for listening to the broadway voice podcast be sure to follow us on X at Broadway Voice Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.